classic local version, Hebden Bridge version of Bon Jovi, called By Jovi. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? But it's quite posh around here. We came to avoid the roadworks. We went a sort of very scenic route. We came through Clare and Cavendish, very nice, very dinky, very posh. I think you know you're in a posh town, don't you, when you see the local drunk lying in the gutter holding up a placard saying, anything but Chardonnay. <laughs> quite smart isn't it <laughs> ah, ah, well thanks for coming tonight look upon it as a personal favor <laughs> oh dear and it is nice to get out of a wartime isn't it <laughs> you think important to keep going isn't it really like like in the blitz really I suppose I'm the sort of modern equivalent of virulene in a way <laughs> I was in the dentist the other week and there was a, a copy of Saga magazine Flicking through it, there was an interview with Dame Vera Lynn. And the interviewer said, Dame Vera, do you think there'll ever be another you? Do you think there'll ever be another Forces sweetheart? And she said, no, I don't think so. These days, the wars don't last long enough for an artist to establish themselves. <laughs> <sighs> but we are living in very weird times, aren't we? With just the one dominant superpower in the world, you know, the threat of international terror, and our only, uh, our only hope is in, well, the President of the United States, a man whose, whose eyes are drawn on. <laughs> Badly drawn president, basically, isn't he? It's just basically two currents shoved in, really. Nothing happening. There. I mean, I'm a liberal soul. I'm all for the challenged having little jobs. Perhaps not that one. Perhaps just something in a supermarket, really, just to build his confidence to begin with. No, I think we could stop all these wars in a minute, really, couldn't we? If we gave George W. an atlas, opened at random, and just said to him, there you are, George, anything on there you can spell, you can attack. <laughs> I think we'd be all right, but Austromania would be bricking it, wouldn't they? Because it wouldn't be quite so terrifying if our own Prime Minister, Tony Blair, didn't seem to have some kind of pathetic schoolboy crush on him. It's the only thing I can put it down to, that, that, Bush, that Blair was sort of bullied as a kid and now he really likes hanging around with the tough kids. Because with Putin, you know, he's besides himself with, with President Putin, isn't he? He's like a teenager sort of going, oh God, he was like in the KGB and he's so totally my mate. <laughs> I mean, he's like had people killed and he texts me. His relationship to these thugs is like Barbara Windsor with the Craytrins, aren't they? You know, it's like, well, they were gentlemen to me. Was... But Bush, Bush is his number one squeeze, isn't he, really? He's his favourite. And I imagine at conferences, when George W. Bush walks past, I bet Gordon Brown shoves Tony in his path, doesn't he? You know, like your mates used to do at school when you fancied someone. You know, they just sort of shove you in his path. So, Gordon, oh, get off! Gordon, oh. <laughs> sorry about him. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> hi, hi. Yeah, oh, fancy meeting you here. <laughs> Didn't expect to see you here at this Anglo-American conference. Oh, yeah. Small world, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what do you like doing then? Maybe we could, you know, do it together. Oh, oh, God, yeah, I like that. 
are you there then? Brilliant. Oh, he likes me. <laughs> oh, dear. I think Blair must be some sort of negative genius. So I had absolutely no expectation of him and he's let me down desperately. <laughs> you should never moan. You never know when you're well off. I have moaned about every Labour leader there's ever been. Neil Kinnock, I thought, was a complete idiot. Of course, now he looks like Spartacus. <laughs> oh, you don't know when you're well off. And the Tories now with their pitiful relaunch. With their, oh, Michael Howard, we're supposed to have forgotten him from before just because he's had this Trini and Susanna makeover. Can you imagine them with him sort of going like, well, I think you'll like what we've done, Michael. Just have a little look in the mirror. Oh, no, you can't really, can you? No. <laughs> no, we've stitched you a lovely little shadow on. I think you'll like that. That'll work. <laughs> no surprise they got rid of the last one, uh, Ian Duncan Dubry, what is his name? Wilson Keppel and Betty, whatever his name was. God, talk about anonymous. He'd come up on the news and I'd be going... Him. Oh, God, my memory, honestly. Oh, what was he in? <laughs> Midsummer Murders. <laughs> yes, he was the third corpse. <laughs> Turns out he was. <laughs> the only one you vaguely recognise of that lot is uh, Anne Widdicombe, really. Is anyone? Yes, yeah, she's got some sort of profile, isn't she? God, yeah. Well, she's confused us all by going blonde. I was watching Question Time for half an hour thinking, Christ, Sue Barker's slapped on a bit of weight. <laughs> I don't think Sir Cliff will be interested now, Sue. <sighs> ah, I don't know. Apart from the international scene, the whole Europe thing rumbles on with the new countries coming in and now, will we join properly or not? What are we going to be? You know, are we going to join the, the, the common currency, the single currency? I don't know, really. I mean, Sudbury, what do you think? What does Sudbury think of the common currency? Who's against it? <laughs> Firm but polite. I like her. No, we don't like it. We're going to put our hands up here. So, all right, then who's for it? <laughs> Equally civilised. Yeah, I like that. It's like, well, yeah, we, uh, basic difference here, but uh, we're not going to get too excited about it. Yes, a few of us agree, a few of us don't. Well, I don't know, I can see both sides, really. I can't help noticing that as a general rule, just as a very broad, broad rule, the people who are not so keen on joining the, the single currency come from what you might describe as the older end of the audience without wishing to be rude in any way. You know. Let's just say, put it another way, the section of the audience that's probably no stranger to watercolour challenge. <laughs> you know. Be fair? Would that be fair? Who could blame you? What a cracking show. Watercolour challenge. Competitive watercolours. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Exciting and relaxing, I suppose, at the same time. Presided over by the lovely Hannah Gordon, who's sort of the younger older man's Joan Bakewell, really, isn't she? But I can see both sides of this, really, because on the one hand, I can see why people do support the single currency, because it's sensible. Uh, and I can see why people aren't so keen on it, because it's sensible. 
because you can be a bit too sensible in this life, can't you? I don't think you want to go around being sensible. There's something unromantic about the whole of Europe having the same money, not changing your money up when you go abroad. I like doing that. And it makes it feel like the world's all the same, doesn't it? Good God. When I'm in Rome, I want to pay in lira for my Big Mac. <laughs> do as the Romans do. <laughs> Yes, it'd be a shame if everywhere got all the same, wouldn't it? Dear me. Uh, I don't know. It's a, I mean, the, the old single currency has been quite em emotive. You know, there are probably people out there who are sort of well, didn't put their hand up for saving the pound because they'd rather reinstate the groat. But uh, <laughs> people do get a bit, you know, worked up about it. On the other hand, other things from Europe haven't caused such a fuss, really, have they? The metric system and, uh, you know, kilos instead of pounds. And people haven't been so, oh, no, we don't like it here in Sudbury. You know, we're not keen at all. No, no, no. Okay, well, I normally, <laughs> I would normally think that sort of thing. It's normally m further more into Essex, really, that you get a bit of that. Uh, normally in Leon C, normally butchers, isn't it? That sort of thing. Butchers and greengrocers who are, well, metric martyrs, basically, aren't they? These metric martyrs who so, so hate metrication, who so loathe it that they would rather go to prison than sell bananas by the kilo. You've got to think, the quality of martyrdom's fallen off rather over the centuries, hasn't it, really? You cannot get a martyr like you used to, did you? They're not interested in being broken on a wheel or anything, are they, really? Shove full of arrows? No, they're just a stroppy greengrocer from Leon C, that's all. And I think, well, and the other thing that occurs to me is, who catches them at this? You know, what area of the police is responsible for these heinous weights and measures crimes? No, it's not really a very glamorous part of police work, is it? Can't really imagine a mini-series with David Jason as the maverick inspector Appleyard of the Metric Police.